It's been a long time coming. Those are the words of Shane Duffy after signing on loan for Celtic. Welcome to the Paradise Podcast. I'm Kieran Tierney. After Celtic's most recent result against Motherwell, it is a bit less of five angry men here, but only by a bit. In this episode, we'll try to recap the 2-1 defeat against Hungarian champion Sverig Varos that has put us out of the Champions League. The 3-0 win against Motherwell are two new signings and a look ahead to the international games coming up. As per usual, we have Danny McLadrigan. Hello, hello. David Quinn. Hey, yeah. Dan Shaw. <laughs> and Sean Aiken. All right. Let's start where it hurts and get this over and done with. <laughs> Celtic 1, Ferenc Varos 2. Danny, take it away. <laughs> what a way to start. Uh, I am glad we didn't do this straight after the game because I was absolutely fizzing. Uh, this podcast would have been about three years long, but uh, I feel like we've left that wee bit too long now. Um, much of my rage has somewhat subsided. I don't know if you feel the same. I felt like this was all going to be a bit happy-clappy because we left too long after the game, but uh, nah, it's still pretty raw. I've uh, considered long and hard and everybody's to blame. <laughs> I'm blaming everybody, top to bottom. Yeah, that's, true. that's totally true. We should, have, we should have just done a post-angry podcast where we're just screaming, screaming into pillows on top of our microphones. <laughs> uh, no, that was a really frustrating performance. I was fucking like, what are you doing? I was totally back into like the Lennon out part of my brain had taken over my body. <laughs> I was watching it on this mad stream, right? <laughs> but it was like, you know, they were just like, boys had like, like premier sports or whatever up. And like they were streaming it, but like they were taking like donations in while they were like John D streams. John D streams. That's something. Legendary. If you ever listen, John, we fucking love you, mate. <laughs> yeah. but, was John so, D's like, man. Get any fucking noise up, John D man. He's done a sound quite a few times, man. <laughs> I wasn't gonna diss him. I was just saying it's really annoying uh, how like frustrated you are, and then these two boys are just like, "Oh, that was fair. Thank you for one pound fifty, Kenny." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! I'm he raging here. There, like anything above a pound. He's like, oh my <laughs> god, that's a two pound oyster! Oh my god, lads! Well, it's it's like, I was totally like, should I just like message these boys for a wee two pounder and like listen to the Paradise <laughs> podcast? Should <laughs> we? We should actually. We should get John D to plug it. Right, listen, I used them to watch the Motherwell game. <laughs> they, I'd have. I'd have felt a lot better if somebody was paying me to watch that, to be honest with you. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> we pound 50 coming in every couple of minutes would have made that a lot easier. But, uh, Obviously, the main talking point is not having a striker on the field despite having two sitting on the bench in Ayeti and Klamala. Unfit. Can't be fit enough. Eduard with an ankle injury that then saw him not making the Motherwell game again um, as well. Uh, so what do we think? Was it no it's, right it's, decision it's, to leave them off? No, it was it was fucking shocking to anybody. <laughs> Everybody that's seen the fucking lineup knew exactly what was going to happen. They were going to struggle to score anything. We fumbled about everywhere. The only person who seemed to be shocked by the whole bloody affair was Neil Lennon. <laughs> they could have asked ten punters on the street, was that formation going to work? Was his tactics going to work? Every single cunt would have went no. But no, Neil oofed. He thought he knew better after they just. Let's run through the stats. So we had 71% possession. We had 28 shots to their seven. We had nine shots on target to their three. Uh, and then we had seven corners to their one as well. So basically, the stats themselves show that we completely dominated the game. One goal shows that we didn't have anybody capable of putting the ball in the net. Well, yeah, there's this whole thing where it felt like there was an extra midfielder on the pitch, and there was. Because they were creating loads of chances, loads of balls just in open space, and no one was like, had that striking mentality of like, well, I'm going to be here at the right time to hit the ball, because everyone's too busy just thinking about how they pass it into the box. So was, like, there, was there many options in the, the, the box? I can't mind any real good opportunities in the first half, bar the one that James Forrest was connected with. Taylor was coming up to the left and was punting balls in constantly. That's what it felt like the whole game. 
I, I don't understand why, because there seemed like they had like a little bit of success coming up the right, and then they just dropped it and just kept trying to hammer the left. And I was just a bit like, why are we concentrating there if it's continually no working? And then obviously, like, the, the lot of... try to put the ball through a player. Yeah. Trying to so often. put the ball through a player. Like, how often do we sit and watch Celtic games? And to be fair, most of the time, Taylor in particular that game, but loads of other times, we'll just be sitting screaming at Taylor. In fact, it's not even Celtic. It's just like, how many modern football players are just like, I'm just going to batter the ball against this guy and just hope for a second <laughs> he, like, phases out it of existence. And then the ball just passes through him. It's like, that's, that's not how it works. It's never worked like that, actually. Never in the history of football have you been able to put the ball through a football player. So it, it is frustrating when you, you see yourself down in a game to, for players just continually doing that just over and over night. I think well, that, that's so, so frustrating. Such a frustrating performance. That's, that's the word, man. It's frustrating. We're saying that we dominated the game. It's the, the third year in a row that we're saying that we dominated against the team at home and went out. It's AK and Cluj all over again. And I, I don't understand why Neil Lennon puts himself in the firing line by making these decisions and playing players out of position. Um, I, do, I think we spoke about it after the game. Like, if I was to pick my formation, that would have been, and, and the personnel, and that would have been maybe seventh, eighth choice down my list. But it's the one that Neil Lennon's went with. And again, playing players out of position, it happened against Cluj. He uh, played Callum McGregor at left back. Why open yourself up to that sort of criticism? Why put yourself in a position where 100% of the blame is going to be on you? When if you've got two half-fit strikers, play one of them for a half and then switch them. Or, <laughs> or play one of them for a half and then bring Christy on if you want to play him up front for 45 minutes. It's just, it's insane. Um, it's just another one of the minutes. Uh, Lennon likes to throw us a Euro curveball, but they're not always... Uh, enjoyable. Um, I just a, a kick in the stones that one. Um, but it's a pattern. What have we made two to seven Champions League last seven years? That's no good enough. It's uh, two out of five anyway. Is it two out of seven? Two I think it's two out of seven. I think, I think before the the previous five, the the, the other two before that, I think they made. It. And that's the that's the earliest we've been. I definitely never made it under Taylor. So. Well, this uh, is so the earliest we've been out since Armitia Bratislava under Strachan. This is the earliest we've been out Champions League qualifiers. So, and two eighty seven is rotten. Um, you think about the money we spent. We spent thirty million plus in the last fourteen months, um, and we're falling at a pitiful stage. It's not quite the first hurdle, but almost. I was going to mention the the money side of this as well. Um, just quickly back onto the the tactics as well. I think we also the the stat that showed that Christie and Chan occupied the exact same bit of the pitch for the duration of the 90 minutes. And I think that just kind of sums up what everybody was kind of saying, that there were balls being put into the box. I, uh, Quinn was saying that Taylor uh, down the left and there was balls coming in the box from the right as well. There was just nobody there that was able to put the ball in the net because you've not got a striker there that knows, I need to make this run to the, the near post or this run to the far post. Um, and and that means that I'll have like the space uh, to be able to make that connection to try and get the ball in the net. Uh, I just don't know what was what the thinking there was to have two guys that just want to sit in the hole playing, and then nobody is making those runs beyond the, the defenders. I think you were wanting to say something, Dan. Hi, I, I I'm on board with you, um, and I remember we like uh, we were speaking about that in the group chat, just talking about uh, particularly where players were sitting and the fact that it looked like nobody quite knew what their job was. Mm. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of come. Uh, I don't want to say playing devil's advocate, but just try and come at this from another angle and say that look, I Lenny did get it wrong, right? But. Uh, I remember uh, Ronnie Dyler played a 4-3-3 with a striker once. Uh, I think it was a cup game. Um, and I'm happy to go back and try and find this because uh, I saw somebody posted an article on a Celtic page I follow. Uh, Brendan Rodgers did it twice. Um, and again, I think it was bottom of the table opposition in a cup game. Um, and we scored and won uh, both, sorry, all three of those times. Um, and I just think it's... I. Maybe Lenny should not have done that for a must-win, one-leg European knockout. That was daft. But see, at the same time, 
those players had an absolute shite up. And I think the what it looked like was Neil Lennon could have set that team up and just told everyone what the job was. And it looked like he hadn't done that. And therefore, obviously, the knock-on effect is when the players go to the park, nobody's quite sure who the striker's supposed to be. Mm. It looked like on, the, on paper it should have been Christie, but he certainly, as you mentioned there, he wasn't playing like that. So as, if you can put the players out in a 4-3-3 without a striker, you have to tell them what to do, basically. And I, don't, I just don't think that was happening. I don't, I don't know if it was one of these things where Lenny was like, I'm going to try some fancy, like, I don't know, Jurgen Klopp style play, but, but just not tell them what to do. <laughs> As Danny said, see when you don't do that, you're, just, you're straight in the firing line. But what, what, was the, what was the point in that? If, if you're not going to tell them what to do, because it's worked. Uh, arguably, I think everyone, uh, I mean, on the whole, maybe holds Neil Lennon a bit, just a bit higher than Ronnie Dyler, but he, he pulled that off. 4-3-3 striker, he just did it at the right time. Realised, look, this maybe isn't actually going to work when we play the likes of Aberdeen. Um, Motherwell at the time, I remember, had a pretty decent side. He's probably not going to chance it with, with those type of sides. Um, so I think it is a bit, it's a bit mad. And, but I just think overall, like Danny said, top to bottom, it was a bad day, bad day at the office. And it's, a, it's becoming a pattern. Where, where, does, where does it stop that year in, year out, this stage, um, just having a mayor? In, in Europe, and it was just after. And I, I feel like that's what it, you're just like. No, can we get another run at that? Because I feel like we could do that a lot better again. I feel like our <laughs> Celtic side are, are definitely capable of winning that game nine times out of ten. Again, the same issue though in that game as I keep we keep seeing, we keep discussing. So I need to tell fucking Lennon that you can actually sub players on before the seventieth minute. <laughs> like it just seems to be yeah, that was totally unaware of this fact. But you didn't have to wait to the 75th, 80th minute to make a substitution as well. And that first, that game, the fact that he didn't make any changes at half-time was just, I don't know if it was arrogance or ignorance or what it was, but it was just unbelievable to watch. Yeah. To see that first half, the way people were playing, the total lack of direction, and make no changes to circumnavigate it for the second half. Yeah, there's this, other, like, there's this other element to it. It's really it's bizarre. It's like when Lennon after the game comes out and is like, Oh, and then like was you know indicating that some players aren't wanting to stick about, and it was like oh, and then it kind of came out that it was Iron and, and Ensham, and it's like you played them both. Like why are you playing players that didn't want to be there if you're going to come out and try and throw them under the bus after the game? It's like play fucking beat on or something. Like I don't know, play like someone that else. One of the well, stupidest moves he made that night was trying. I think, to it, was, I think it was just trying that to that justify his mental tactics. And, uh, I don't think it was the right forum to do it either, though. I just made Celtic and him look weak as well. Yeah, it was really a. I mean, from a business sense, it was just fucking idiotic. Ah, and, and then he, he just sets himself straight up for the, the inevitable knee-jerk post-match reaction interview, which he gave full pelt, like hundred mile an hour, no holding back. Like he's saying, chuck the players under the bus, and then lo and behold. Somebody has a word with him, and a few hours later we get the, oh, well, maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> I saw the interview, and you're like, aye, fucking exactly, Lennon, man. Like, <laughs> um, and it, that was just, it was, you could have wrote the whole night after you saw the lineup, like Sean said. You could have just went, I don't know what's about to happen here, by the way. We're not going to score enough goals. Yeah. Um, which is mad, because for the last at least five years, we've watched goals come from every angle of that pitch, and... Um, if you cast your minds back to Christopher Iyer won the league at Aberdeen. Um, I think that's how the song went. And then the other day, uh, obviously we'll get to that game, but Julian actually scored an open play goal. Um, th- th- these players can score, so I think th- I think they all need to have a look at themselves after that Ferenc Varos result and, and and say that that can't happen twice in in a year. That they've had that's the, that's them they've had their one. And another thing I like to say is nobody even likes the Champions League. Fuck it, I'm glad I won. Nobody likes it. It's same teams win it all the time. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. It is corrupt, though. It absolutely is corrupt. Uh, so the guy, one of the judges on the uh, the panel for the, the Man City uh, Court of Arbitration, uh, used to be, and somebody says, mm-hmm. on the UEFA, I think it's the chief executive's like we committee. Uh, so 
You know what I mean? There's, there's like all sorts of things, like jobs to the boys, things happening in UEFA. So no, fuck your Champions League. I don't like it anyway. Never wanted it. Don't want it again. Until it's actual champions that are in that league. <laughs> we don't want your fucking money. I don't think anybody's going to miss getting horsed six and a half Bayern Munich, but it's, <laughs> the, uh, it's the money and the prestige that comes that's, with it. I mean, that's a, we're, we're a club that likes to claim we're a Champions League club, but we've been there two to seven years as a watch, I'm sure we read the other day. But Law still getting bonuses based on like the our financial side of the club rather than our football and stature. And the football side is deteriorating. Um, and it's all about the balance sheet. And I'm not going to come out and say if he was in two weeks earlier and he would have came on and made the difference if he, was, if he was a bit fitter. But that's what we're saying. It's a failure top to bottom. We're talking about the same thing again. It was Julian on the bench last year because we got him in too late and he wasn't fit. And it was because we were haggling our maybe a couple of hundred grand. Just if you identify your targets, go out and get them early. These, this year's an exception, but normally these qualifiers don't change. They're the same time every year. We know we're coming. We know most of our revenue is built on making the Champions League, yet we continually fail. Um, I think Lennon's tactics have took a lot of heat off Law. Um, he's probably delighted, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I, that, that's, I think it's players not applying themselves. It's uh, Lennon just trying to be too clever and maybe overthinking it. And it's the club failing to prepare, preparing to fail again. Um, I, don't, I really don't know, Danny, about uh, Peter, Peter Lollhappy. Lennon was taking the, the heat of him anyway. <laughs> out the, the pictures at the end of the game I saw that had... Um, it was lol with his his face and his hands kind of completely bent over and, and looking really upset. What happened? Oh, um, he'll be happy, but he'll be happy. He's no he's no public enemy number one. Well, yeah, uh, there's that side of it. Uh, one thing that was interesting for me in the aftermath of the game is I remember when Brendan Rodgers in his first season at Celtic, and he was talking from a financial perspective that Celtic um, financed for making it, I think it was one in every three, um, it was either one in every three or two of every three um, champion, like Champions League uh, uh, seasons. So the fact, so the idea being that we should we should be making it more than, than, than two and seven. But then Lenin, after the Feng Varos game, is saying that, no, we don't finance to get into the Champions League anymore. It's, it's a bonus. The, the club's books and the accounts are based on us not getting there um, and if we do then that's just a, an extra that we've then got to play with so there definitely seems to have been a bit of a shift since Brendan Rogers there Danny I keep saying his name sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just counting these I'm, I've got a tally at the side of my laptop here um, so there's definitely been a shift there I see. I definitely completely agree with the idea that you know if we can get players in earlier, Julian last season sitting on the bench and defensive errors that then means that we get put out. This season we've got Ayeti sitting on the bench and we can't put the ball in the net. If we had him in earlier, then there's every chance that he would have been fit enough to to come into the team. Definitely can't hide away from that. Um, but I think. You know, you've got two strikers. Klamala's already showed in, in one game that he can score. Ayeti's scored off the bench as well. It's just, you've got players there that are hungry for goals. Um, like we said before, if you put them on for 45 minutes or half an hour or something like that, if you're creating chances, which we were doing, we were creating chances, then those are the kind of players that will find the back of the net and, and mean that this kind of thing doesn't happen. Let's say I use that positive that positive note to seamlessly segue into the next game. <laughs> I'm, done. <laughs> I'm done with Ferran Varos. Fuck this. Like I've I've poured I've poured over it all and I'm just it's a sickness. But I mean let's we'll hopefully make game, Europa League. What's the game even positive in retrospect either? I mean, again, we went into that game starting off with the same formation. And again, exact I don't same players. Exact same players, exact same formation. Again, was this a I'll prove this was. I'll prove this will work. I'll prove my tactics were right. Mentality. And again, exactly what I thought as well. We failed. Yeah. We're failing miserably until he brought on. Lo and behold, 
someone that actually plays a forward position. Well, actually, to be fair, James Forrest scored before any subs on me. So Forrest scored, but, but it was but, stodgy. There was yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. happening. It wasn't. It wasn't fantastic, and it wasn't like it was coming. It was one of these like we got a breakaway, and the players just kind of moved in the right positions. And Motherwell, obviously, weirdly enough, just know the same team they were last year. Uh, Start of this season, they've been absolutely well. Can I can I fight for a point, man? So I think uh, I, I don't think it's any surprise that even when we were playing a bad formation, we still scored against them. But I'm ways and ways it was it was bad. And then as Sean said, lo and behold, every single fan page on Facebook, every single second comment, at least second comment, maybe more, says we want three five two. That everybody's screaming mm-hmm. out for it. I don't see one person saying, no, I hate 352. 352 is pish. You never see it. Play a four <laughs> aye, aye. Absolutely. And then, fucking, holy shit, Celtic start playing football and defences can't deal with it. The minute there was two strikers on that park, Motherwell were just like, I can't go left, can't go right, what do I do? Like, and that's what everyone in this league is going to be like if we do it. And I appreciate that maybe every game is going to not be the same. You can't do that absolutely all the time. But... Jesus, see if you practice it, you're gonna get fucking better at it. It just seems like why is it why is it Neil Lennon's waited to like the eleventh hour to play three five two? I thought did we lose a game last season playing three five two? I don't well, know. Well, no, came back after the winter and I mind we went on it was at an eleven game run. Aye. But I don't know, we'll probably get on to obviously a, a couple of guys that came in this week, um, after this whole fiasco. <laughs> but uh, the the personnel that's there, I don't think Lennon's comfortable playing. I don't think he has three competent centre-halves for a start, and I don't think he thinks that the wing-backs are either good enough to defend or good enough going forward, depending on who you're talking about. I, I mean, you need to have all proper all-rounders in those wing-back positions to play a 3-5-2. I don't think he thinks he's got it, but hopefully that means we'll see a left-back, and obviously we've got a centre-half in as well. We'll discuss, but I think we might see it moving forward, depending on how everybody squeezes in. I think there's every chance of that. In the Motherwell game, so we brought Ayeti on at half-time, um, which resulted in an immediate shift in, in the tempo and the way that Celtic were able to move the ball. For, eh, sorry, not Ayeti, it was Clamalla. Yeah, it was Clamalla, you're right. Um, it was Clamalla that came on, um, who missed a couple brilliant chances, one in particular when he was one-on-one clear through so he could have easily had a couple of goals actually, but the runs that he was making, intelligent forward play was what was opening up the pitch and then you then had Ayeti coming on a wee bit afterwards, so you had the two strikers there, like like they're saying and the team just looked so much better so much better balanced to the point where we go on a counter-attack after the 90th minute and there's space for Julian to make a run for Celtic box into the Motherwell box and actually showing Clamalla how to put the ball in the net. Aye, it was brilliant. It, it was. It was actually like, you know, for those kind of last 30 minutes or so, you were just like, here's the energy. Here's the chasing down players, winning it back, distributing it smartly from the back positions. Um, I think the, the, the two players, in, in terms of effort, for me, that stood out were Clamalla himself, although he didn't get a goal, and I, I think he does need to kind of make up for that a wee bit. I think the next set he gets probably put it away. But you don't think partly Clamalla's issue as well was he's came in the start of this season saying he's not being fit or he's getting told he's unfit, getting told that he's basically, from my view, if Neil Lennon's saying he's not, he's that fit or he's no good enough, then what's his confidence like as well? Like, it must yeah. be sure. Absolutely. I mean, I feel for the laddie as we were as well. Like, he's not getting the support he probably needs. But I, I always say, see for a striker like that, do you know what he needs to do? Next time he's in the park, bin a goal. Just, just do it. Because see, if you keep doing that, you can't be benched forever. You, you just can't. It's, it would be madness. And the other one I was going to say, that I, I just think, and I don't know, I, I talk him up all the time, but like, the evidence was there. Jeremy Frimpong made a difference in that mother game. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's just getting up the park. And... Uh, he got fouled a proper shocker about two or three times but that's what's happening because folk can't deal with him folk mm. cannot deal with Jeremy Frimpong's pace and I, I think if we are playing 3-5-2 if, if it's a game that we've handled defensively thus far and we're moving to 3-5-2 it's me 
for, sorry, it's, it's me, it's not me. I've never played right back. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's Jeremy Frimpon because that, that is what he does best. It's just very terror. Just absolutely I totally agree, hard. man. He was he was on the park for half an hour, and I thought he was one of Celtic's best players. And I thought that Clamalla coming on to and stretching the play a bit more—that's the thing you don't get with Christie. I mean, nothing against Ryan Christie. I think he's probably been one of Celtic's best players so far this season. Certainly trying to make things happen, but he naturally wants to come deep and come towards the ball, whereas Clamalla's making a striker's run. He's running away from the ball towards goal. And when you've got Jeremy Frimpong travelling at speed, that terrified journeyman SPL defenders um, and guys like Clamalla and Ayeti peeling off, it definitely makes a difference. But um, it's just it's horses for courses. It's, we just didn't, don't need to put square pegs and round holes. Just give everybody their position. I'm racking these up, by the way. I was what wondering are you talking if, about, my man? He's, I was wondering if... Osborne Children's First Old Man Eddie, <laughs> sitting in front of him. I'm, I'm counting so them up. That's me got two in already. But you know what I mean? Everybody's got the roles to play. Just, we don't need to complicate things. Um, play, a strike, play a striker, get your full-backs bombing forward, and we'll score goals. Everybody's got their purple patch to hit. James Forrest hasn't hit his. Callum McGregor looks like he's coming on to a game. There's a lot of guys who haven't done much so far, so we just didn't need to panic. It took a while to get there with Motherwell, but 3-0. Like, and the one of the postponed games is scheduled for September. I was reading the day, so we can claw a bit of space back, a bit of the gap Aye. back pretty quickly. So after the international break, we've got our weekend game against uh, Ross County um, up in Dingwall, and then midweek, I think it is, following that game, we're playing St Mirren. So that's one of our, our two games in hands that we're actually getting before Christmas, which we never expected. So um, so hopefully uh, good results, and that puts us uh, at least closer uh, to where we should be. Um, if not actually back to the top of the league. I feel like it's a good it's a good next game, County, because what it is on paper is what every Celtic fan expects. Home or away, we should beat Ross County every time. Just the, the resources we have available, the talent we've got. Um, if we play the second string team, we should still be beating Ross County. And that's not a slight. There's some great, great, solid, loyal players at Ross County that job over the years and you know, they were, they were a team that, when they first came up a few years back, never been in the Premier League. So then they go down and come back up, it shows that, that kind of like good, solid team mentality. But, let's say, we should win that game. And I think if we don't, it, it'll only open up, like, the easier to spot problems. If, if, if we don't win it, it's just going to be really easy to just go, that's happened again, that's happened again, and that's happened again. So I think... I think it will be a win. I'll be betting on it because I found that you could double up on bet builders and bet three six five. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> you really could do that. But uh, aye, I, and I think it, it's a good next game. You know, gone to Europe, you've won a home game. Now go away and and show us that you're you're here to play. Um, and and I, that's why I'm looking forward to it because I just think this is exactly the kind of test you want right now and it's one of these things I feel like just see just this season this you know this league campaign we're probably, I'm probably going to be thinking that every single game I'm going to be like that's a good test <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what we need this weekend and I'm, I'm never I'm not going to do you know my heart rate's sky high sky high because of this season so I just Aye. it should be a win it better be a win I'm going to help words with somebody if it's not a win Eddie will be back it'll be a win we all just need to calm down. <laughs> it's fine, it's early doors. Um, but I, I know my heart rate's so high as well, man. I can't be doing this for a full year. <laughs> I just like, what's that famous quote? It's not always easy being a Celtic fan, but it is always rewarding. Who was that? The bonnet. It was the bonnet that said that. Aye, well, I were all feeling that, definitely. <laughs> well, in the squad for the uh, games when we come back from the international break, we'll have our two new signings, David Turnbull and Shane Duffy. Turnbull was actually on the, the bench in the game against Motherwell. So a year on, after he failed his medical, when we tried to sign him last summer, managed to get Turnbull, a fee that could rise to 3.25 million. Good piece of business. I think it is, but I think it also signals that Encham's going to go, because there's, there's too many midfielders. Aye. Far too many midfielders. Um, Stack back. He's a good player, 
he's got a lot to prove, given the noise around him last year especially, but I think he's kind of going to be leading the way to a, bit, a few more exits. And I think Celtic trying to cash in on Enchanda now is probably the best idea, because I don't think he has any interest playing here. Try and get as much as we can from him and let him go where he wants. There's been that problem with Enchanda for a while, does everyone kind of think that, that he's been a bit off and he's been a bit on, he's been a bit hot, he's been a bit cold, and it's and now, now he's just kind of saying, hi, I, I want to go. And I just wish he kind of fucked off a year ago, you know what I mean? Well, he got a lot of good goals. Yeah, you know, like... I, absolutely. I, I think he is talented. Don't get me wrong. I think he's... I, I think if Encham were doing the job Encham's done at le- a mid-table uh, English Premier League side, he'd be worth three times what he, he's probably going to get sold for. Like, that's, that's the way of the game these days. But, no, I think he's good, but I just... I'm just... One of the, I become an old man and I just think, see, do they want to play for the shirt? Fuck off. Right? Don't <laughs> see, see if I don't see 100% every... See if you're not Scott Brown. Even, even his jacket is... I'm a sugarly pig. I'm a sugarly pig. <laughs> I'm excited about Turnbull. I am. I'm excited about Turnbull. I don't think it's bad business. Considering we've got like multiple times the budget everybody else in the league, buying like the team that finished fourth's best player is never bad business. If you can pick them up for two to three million pounds, because like, you know for a fact they can come in in SPL and Scottish Cup fixtures and they're just going to do a job. Um, and I think Turnbull looks better than your average job at SPL player. Um, he's got a wee bit of something about him. So I am quite excited. If Jam goes, I'd, I'd love to keep a hoodie in Jam. Um, I think it looks like that he's going to go. So if he goes for, say, 15, whatever they're talking about, and we bring his replacement in for three, I don't think it drastically weakens our team. So no, I don't think it's a massive change in ability, potential-wise, between the two, as I see right now. Well, as you say, I think it is quite a good bit of business by Celtic overall. So in Turnbull, what we're doing is bringing in a 21-year-old Scottish midfielder. The season before he got injured, he scored 15 goals in 31 games for Motherwell. I think he finished their top goal scorer, um, playing from the centre of the pitch. I had a feeling that it looked like he was going to be a bit more of a Rogic replacement. Um, yeah. Celtic, Celtic have accepted a bid for, for Rogic. It, it looks like he could be on his way out. Um, it's always been known that, that Rogic loves playing for his country, loves playing for Australia. The Australian manager has told him that he needs to move on. He needs to be playing games to um in order for him to be able to keep playing at, at the level that he can play and so that he can do that for his country. Uh, the latest that I've heard anyway was that there was interest that was coming from the Middle East. I do think that Roderick's got the ability to be played at a significantly better level than what typically you find the leagues they are playing at. Um, hey, hey, one of those leagues is the most successful club in the world, man. Uh, because they've got a wee bit of money and nobody else in that league does. <laughs> Classic indicators of a class league. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> won it like <laughs> <they're all. laughs> I, I have think... to say, I will be gutted if if he does go. Oh. It does look likely. I'll be so gutted. Ender Rita, love the guy, love him. And it's like maybe it is Kerry Green tinted glasses or whatever. But nah, man, the guy scored some absolute minted, important last minute. Beastie goals and Scottish Cup final against Aberdeen. Aye, exactly. Sealing an invincible treble, man. We'll never forget that. And you know, I just hope he's very happy for the rest of his life. I'll be sad to see him go, but man, we get new heroes all the time. The boy's in the door as well. The other guy we've still yet to talk about. The big man that is Shane Duffy, (laughs) the dairy lad, 33 caps for. Ireland turned down Premier League clubs. Uh, they were offering a, a permanent transfer, chat of about ten million pounds or so. Made the move that he's he's always wanted to. He's always wanted to play for Celtic. Celtic fan from childhood. Um, wait, 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 I heard this all before from Brendan Rodgers. So <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> if he's such a big fan, why is he waiting till we're just about to get the ten to come here? Eh? <laughs> Are we even sure he's Irish? <laughs> <laughs> ah, fucking, I'll be, I'll be holding on, holding. I'll hold my breath. 
Never a bad anyway, thing sorry, to have a wee bit of cynicism. Quinn's got a bit of a point. Do you know, the thing is, like, Shane Duffy knows exactly what to say to get all the diehards, like, straight on side immediately. Just like, I've always loved Celtic. And yeah, you're just like, yes, we love you, Shane. You're the best. <laughs> like, straight away. Yeah. But, do you know what I mean? Do it on the pitch, my man. Do it on the pitch. And, 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 and then we can have a pint, right? probably get get pretty pally with his brother really quickly you just have to be like (laughs) (laughs) free dairy it's all done (laughs) I've heard that it's possible to have a bowl of soup with him in Malone's Uh, this is annoying we have to now reference deep lore deep lore Who wants to tell the story? Because it can't be Danny. I'll, I'll cover it. I'll cover it. And what I'll do is I'll be really nice. Um, and I'll keep it brief so we can move on to the football. <laughs> Danny claims that he had a bowl of soup, uh, brackets, later stew, uh, <laughs> with the Wolf Tones in Malone's Bar uh, in City Centre Glasgow. Um, the rest of us remain sceptical. That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So if you ever hear soup references, that's what it's about. I was there. I was there, they were there, we were both eating stew. We won the same table. Was it an Irish stew? I, I don't, I think it was Irish stew. We oh, won the same table. Oh, oh, Listen, all, all the facts were straight, right? For what I seen. <laughs> the facts were straight. But, eh, uh, aye, anyway, Shane Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> Here, we need to come off of the wings. Can we just get, I'm just going to get this out there into the Celtic atmosphere. James McLean, get him in here, eh? Just come on. We need cover in the wings, we do. We, we need cover in the wings. Well, that's my prediction, is Shane Duffy's going to score a heater at Ibrox this year. Oft. A day in, <laughs> And a big knee slide right into the corner. <laughs> is that your... Is that your betting tip for the season, Danny? <laughs> uh, you'll probably come in and have an absolute howler the first game. <laughs> you'll be a goaler. So how such such like, is the oh. Celtic way. <laughs> aye, we've said plenty of times, it's okay to have a shiter on your first game as long as you, as long as you turn out like Henrik Larson. That's... Yeah. <laughs> not, is, it, is it a big ask? I don't it's a big ask. <laughs> So do we think Duffy is going to come in and do the business then? He he brings a a completely different type of player to to our defence. He's a different physique, different type of aggression, different a different way of defending from what we have in the likes of Julian and I. Can he actually defend, eh? (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be the suggestion anyway. Well, he was part of that successful um, duo at Brighton. Him and, was it Lewis Dunk? was the other guy. And Lewis Dunk went for big money. Um, and um, who's the guy that came in? Graham Potter came in, Brighton manager, and dropped Duffy to the bench straight away. Just I don't think he's maybe the most technically gifted football player, but we've got ball playing centre-halves. Ayer used to be a midfielder. Julian likes to think he's a bit of a baller. Did Ayer, like, was Ayer a midfielder? Haha, <laughs> we bought uh, No way. I, I, like, I like Ayer a lot. I've got a lot of time for him, but I would never have thought that. <laughs> Aye, well, that's a, the rumours are that he wants to be a midfielder again in Celtic are like, no. Uh, yeah, it's like to try and tell someone that they're no as handsome as they think they are. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> someone you're like, oh, oh, I rate myself like a 9 out of 10. And you look at them and you're just like, Aye. I um, live in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, but I, I like Ayer. I like Ayer because he does, um, that explains actually so much because I, I always liked it how he would just sort of go, if he doesn't see any options and he's not going to pass it back, he just sort of gallops forward like some <laughs> like a big fucking giraffe. But, um, <laughs> oh, like whenever he does it, like he catches guys off, like, like, um, like, he, like he catches them off. What's the word I'm looking for? Off guard. Oh. Off guard, Jesus Christ. I need to stop drinking all these white claws. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah like I always feel I always like that because always sometimes you know like especially when Celtic are playing from the back and stuff like it can feel really like bleh and boring but then when Ayer suddenly just goes oh, I'm just going to start running there's some space I'm going to start running and I mean like he's got like I think something like his pass on to a Yeti was great but, like, that, but yeah, that, was, that was a Yeti moving into space but I was surprised I was like I was like fuck me was that Ayer that passed that 
I was like, oh, that's fantastic. So, so when you play three five two, that's the option you get. Exactly. You can let one go forward because you've got possession. You've got two covering the back by the fullbacks. Well, that's, that's what the person. Fundamentally, that's that. what you're allowed to do. Do you think he's going to drop Ayer or Julian to partner Duffy, or do you think we're going to go three at the back? Because I'm quite oh, happy with. I don't know if you can drop Julian after that strike at the weekend, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was a proper forwards finish as well. Well, after no, he, just like after he tried to do an overhead fucking scissor kick. <laughs> <in there. laughs> See if that had went in, man. We just never, never do this in the bad world against him yeah. ever again. Could have, could have scored four G's <laughs> after that. Like, yeah, everyone's like, I was like, I built it. I go, I, you see that scissor kick? Like, See, the thing is, like, we were talking about that after the first game when he, he tried a couple of volleys. And I'm just like, See if we're like got a couple of goals to good. Just keep biting at that cherry, Julian, because I want to see you. I want to see you nail it one day. Just fucking do it. Well, that's, I think that's pretty strong. Duffy, Ayer and Julian with El Hamid and uh, Beaton on his cover. Um, I mean, that I'm quite comfortable with that if we go 3-5-2. That's, that's a good pool to choose from. Um, all we need to sort of is like our wing-backs. Because we had, well, James Forrest was in there. Did James Forrest not play there against Motherwell? He switched over for the last half an hour or so. I did. Uh, but that's, that's nowhere he's going to do his best work, you know. Like... Yeah. It's funny though because see when he played kind of right wing back, he came under a hellfire of criticism. But and I know it was only Motherwell, but he seemed to be. He just looked more comfortable. We had a much more comfortable second half in that position, which was bizarre. And obviously, we can chalk it up to a one-off, especially if he tries it again and it doesn't work out. But bizarre, but looked good. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was just he didn't seem to put a foot wrong anyway. I don't know if it's uh, particularly good, and I'm just taking a silver line enough. He didn't fuck it. <laughs> no, I think he did look pretty good. Uh, I think Forrest had, a, from that point, he scored his goal and in, into the second half. I think Forrest had a great game against Motherwell. It's obviously the issue with a, a three-five-two when you've got players like Forrest and Elanusi. And when you look at like Forrest's stats over the last. A few seasons and the goals and the assists that he's created and like we all think that, that Frimpong should be in the team every single day um, you're doing that with a 3-5-2 and you've got Frimpong as your right wing back but you're then struggling to find a place for Forrest and Elanusi the places for both of them in that team now that's you know, it's not a bad situation to be in to like you know, these players that can score you goals and get you assists and whatever to be going like right find a way to play or one of them has to be on the bench or, or that kind of thing. Um, but obviously, if you've got four at the back, that then lets you have both Frimpong and Forrest playing on that right wing, which is a, 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 such a dangerous combination every time that we, we've saw it happen. Um, but it's not it's not the worst thing in the world to be having these options and to have these problems, is it? It's you know, it's, it's, We would rather have those problems than, than not have them. Aye. Crying well, out for somebody who can do this job, and you've got somebody. But I like uh, James Forrest, he's paving his way to Celtic legendary status. Um, and it's, uh, do you know, there are some players that if, the, if something's working good, you need to find a way to play good in it. The, the, the modern kind of example I can think of this is James Milner, when he moved to Liverpool, wasn't he playing the James Milner position? But you talk to any Liverpool fan, and, and they'll be like, he's He's absolutely one of the best signings I made in the last 10 years, no doubt, because he's just solid and he just finds a job to do in a team of world-class players. So, do you know, it's, it's maybe up to James that he may be you know, still being comfortable in that right-wing position um, because maybe, maybe that's been his problem is he sat too comfortable there, maybe not exerted himself in, in the way you see other players doing. So maybe he, he, maybe he doesn't need to try in other places and maybe he needs to find a bit more kind of impetus to, to be that you cannot take him out the team player because right now I'm like, no, I'd rather see Frimpong Taylor and the regular guys in the middle and two strikers. That's what I'd rather see. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I, Sean was mentioning the other day how much you think El Yunusi's just, just been ever so slightly flat. I think he's been awful since he's came back. I don't know what it is and what's happened to him, but I think he's been just shockingly bad. He's... I don't know if it's the jitters or come still coming after the injury, but there's something about him. It's just he's not doing great, and there's really no option now to replace him without putting James on that wing or Christie. Johnson's still injured now, so 
I think we've got a real problem in certain positions of players becoming complacent and can do a mediocre job and still get first team football again. I don't. I would say that was a wee bit maybe harsh against the way you say. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, he, he scored in that one European game. He's done nothing else since then. Did he score a couple against Reykjavik? He's shown it in flashes, but I think he's that kind of player. Even before he got injured last year, um, he maybe goes a game or two without doing too much and then pops up, scores three goals in the next four games or something. But uh, I think he's always worth having in the team. That's the thing is how to try to squeeze him in. But when you were talking about the two formations and whether to go four at the back, we've got five substitutions. Ideally, we want to be fluid with this. And Lennon should have the players well enough drilled that we can say, right, switch back to this. And everybody knows what they're doing. Um, against Ferencvaros, like, nobody really seemed to know what they were doing. But, I mean, it seems to be coming together a wee bit by wit. I'm kind of hopeful. Watch this. James Forrester scored a brace for Scotland at the weekend. <laughs> Guaranteed. I, hope he does. I genuinely Aye. hope he does because I know I hold him in high regard. And I, I, I do want the world to see magic James Forrest because... It does. I, I feel like he's been our best kept secret for years. Like it's mad we've held on to a player who's been, as Jimmy said, if you look at stats over the last mm -hmm. three, four years, he's been stunning. He's been minty. And maybe we've just, you know, I always say this to like, when I adopt Celtic Dapos uh, to my niece, especially, I always say like, I, uh, you know, you don't need James like that all the time. You don't need, you need to hang on to players like that. And we're lucky to have James for it. But we are, we are. It's, it's a player that well could have been at another team. Like, who was the last genuine bit, like interest? Was it Newcastle United? Because they could have absolutely done with James Forrest in their team. Like, no doubt. I think he would uh, step up much like Armstrong. Aye. Aye. Definitely, same calibre player. Like, and I, I think Armstrong's even too good for Southampton. Aye, he had a good season last year. Well, talking about these Scottish players, let's touch on the international games. Um, we are recording this just before uh, Scotland's uh, first match in this international break, um, which is against Israel. So the, the, the Scotland squad was announced. There's been a couple of players that have subsequently um, dropped out of that. Uh, Shankland um, was the first one, and I think uh, McBurney as well as the... The other players are two strikers that have, that have dropped out off the squad. There's a few Celtic players in there that you would expect to be in there. Forrest, as, as we mentioned, McGregor's there. Taylor's in the squad as well. Uh, I missed, uh, Christy, sorry. Christy is the other one too. No. What do you think? Do you think that these, all these Celtic players should be in the, the starting lineup for these games against Israel um, and then the following game against uh, Czech Republic? I think if Steve Clark wants to win, then I. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to him, though, isn't it? I mean, Taylor's not going to get a Taylor's not going to get a shot. <laughs> Poor Taylor. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> In any other generation, <laughs> Taylor, except maybe the 60s and the 70s, right? Any other generation is called Taylor's first pick. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's only Probably chance of getting in the squad is Tierney playing lefty centre back. Actually, he's fucking injured. Actually, now as you know, Who? Tierney. They're not getting injured. I think he's. It's like a. It's like a. He might. He might know type of injury. Well, it's him playing left to the centre back. Could Taylor be. playing left back, and then Robertson playing left winger is the only way Taylor's getting into that team. <laughs> I think it's probably a sensible option. If I was Steve Clark, that's what I would play. Aye. Danny, you uh, want us to. Like have a have a go at trying to predict who we think will be in the Scotland team um, for the for these games. Um, do you want to tell us what what you went for? Um, I uh, asked you to put a team together and then never put one together myself. <laughs> I I you're unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Something say typical. I was. What uh, he's actually done is I bet there's a sheet of paper in front of him that just says I love Shane Duffy, but it's got uh, eleven. I love Shane Duffy with a spirograph pen. <laughs> Uh, no, what I'll do is I'll actually just type Scotland squad in Google. Uh, <laughs> this is the level of preparation that goes into these things. Uh, Amazing. I mean, I didn't do it, but you take the cake. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me run through what I put together. Uh, goal, goalkeepers. So we've got maybe three options. Maybe Marshall. <laughs> McGregor. No, it's Marshall, McLaughlin, Marshall. and who's the third choice, actually, in the... Uh, McCrory, oh, sorry. McCrory. It'll be Marshall and goals, I think, to be honest. I think it's likely to be Marshall. That's who I've put in my team. Marshall's um, been on the press duties for the, the Scotland squad, which is generally a good sign, a good indication that that's someone that will actually be playing. Aye. Um, I would probably agree. Centre half. Aye. Shite. Say that all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just think it's the goalkeeper. I'll just pick a goalkeeper. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably just... The only thing they'll probably do is pick the ball at the back of the net. So, not to be defeatist. <laughs> uh, Danny, do you want... All right, I'll, I'll run through the entire the entire Scotland squad. Just so you've got an idea of who's on there. Danny, uh, it's fine. Danny what you do is you go, yeah, or... Yeah. All right, let's, let's do that. Let's have a yeah on there. Right, Danny. So, the goalkeepers are Marshall. Yeah. McCrory yeah. and McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> right, the defenders that have been picked are Cooper of Leeds United, right. Gallagher of Motherwell, right. McKenna, Aberdeen, mm-hmm. O'Donnell of Motherwell, yep. Palmer, Sheffield Wednesday, yep. Robertson of Liverpool, mm-hmm. Taylor, Celtic obviously, yep. And Tierney. So, like you said, I think Tierney will play on the left-hand side of the centre-halves, probably partnered with McKenna, uh, Robertson on the left, and then who's got his right back? Do they play that Palmer? That's who he normally plays, is it? Huh? There's Palmer and O'Donnell. Aye, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> so... I actually went for a, a three at the back, is what I'm thinking. Um, a Cooper, McKenna and Tierney. Uh, so that's what I've got in my defence. Uh, so midfielders, we've got Armstrong, Southampton. Yep. Christie. <laughs> uh, Fleck, Sheffield United. Uh, Jack, the Rangers. McGinn, Aston Villa. Yep. Hello. <laughs> Callum McGregor. Yeah. Uh, McLean in Norwich City. Yeah. And Man United's McTominay. So I'll probably put McGregor and McTominay in there. John McGinn maybe playing further forward. Um, what did I go for? 4 2? Sounds nah. like that's what you were going for. I was going to say, we've, we've not even got one striker, never mind two. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably go four five one. So McLean will be in there as well. And then who have I got left? Uh, McTominay. Oh, I've got him in there already. Aye, McTominay. <laughs> uh, so while well, I went for <clears throat> so the five across the midfield, um we're probably like wing backs, the wing backs being Robertson and Forrest. And then essential three of McGregor, McGinn. Um, and then I would think McTominay would typically go in there. I've just got this wee feeling, and I hate saying it, but I think Jack is actually going to get a place in that midfield ahead of McTominay just because Jack's been playing the last few weeks and McTominay's still in the middle of pre season with Man U. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Not like you, pick a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now we're getting somebody else. <laughs> uh, and then forwards, well, uh, on the list that I've got in front of me, strangely, James Forrest is uh, is one of the for- forwards on the list. Um, so both McBurney and Shanklin pulled out, and it's um, a Patterson that's been called up into the squad. And then in addition to him, you've got Ollie Burke, a West Brom, and Dykes, a QPR having recently signed from Livingston. I think it's going to be Dykes. I think it's uh, Dykes sound as probably the main informer a lot over the last kind of six to eight months, I would say. So it's not a bad check. Do you know the thing I like about 
what Steve Clark's done already, just particularly two picks that stand out, just picking Lyndon Dykes and obviously giving him and Brophy a cap, uh, calling it for Scotland managers for years, I mean, almost as long as the rest has been alive, you know, just go and give somebody <laughs> who's no just, like... Stephen Fletcher. Aye, aye. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Kenny Miller. So, it's good, it's good. I hope he does well. I hope they all do well. Um, imagine I was like, nah, I hope they're shit. The <laughs> 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 FFs are fuck all. <laughs> well, we're playing Israel, so it's kind of... Like, I don't really bother my arse about the football, but I support Scotland this time. <laughs> You do, so, you, you, you're a very lax Scotland supporter. <laughs> aye, mate. I've had, biggest, this, I've had too many on, Aye, you're probably on the scale of like biggest Celtic fans I know, like on the opposite end of Scotland fans. Most big times I know are like, yeah, it's one of Scotland youth. You're like, nee. Be fair, Scotland fans are going to sell the likes. This is <laughs> it's because it's like a seesaw. Once you get too far to the one side orientated there's no coming back aye but uh, as well like, there's people like me who uh, I'll tell you a wee story right um, do you mind when Germany just won the World Cup because uh, I'm far too positive about Scotland I'm just, I just get so <laughs> behind it I just buy in like an idiot every fucking time so do you mind Germany just won the World Cup man, I think it was that September or uh, it was either the September or November we were playing Germany and uh, Ketchyanya equalised against them I stood up on a table and walk about and yelled, we're the greatest triathlon team in the world. I was like, oh my best! <laughs> 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 and then we, aye, we did. Aye. Did Germany oh, no score about two minutes later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Celebrations only lasted about two minutes. It was brutal. I wish I could say that's the only time I've, I've done something. <laughs> or, or at least even thought it in my head. Yes, is it? That was so see, to be I'm, fair, I'm, see if we go with that team, I reckon we'll win. Because um, considering we used the Neil Lennon tactic of leave it to the very last minute, get somebody to read players and just pick them at random. <laughs> <laughs> like, we actually ended up with no bad team. So i quietly confident. I didn't really bother myself about the football, but I'm going to watch that on Friday night. Well, hold up, because I didn't uh, give you my front, because I went for a 3-5-2. Oh, so, um, what are you skipping ahead? No, I, 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 I'm kind of feeling that we've been disappointed. Um, I put in a little, a little thing like jump to this moment to pass the most boring period of podcast history. So, uh, so I, I obviously went for the same and thought Dykes was going to be in there, but I also stop using uh, that word by the way, it's really disgusting. <laughs> He's right saying that's a family podcast. So uh, also threw in Christie playing off, uh, playing off the main striker with that main striker, uh, Quinn being Dykes. Oh. <laughs> that was I just did it on purpose. It was funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about Lyndon. Tell us more. Why has he got such a silly name? Where's he even from? Lyndon. Australia. Uh, that explains it. It's probably like his nickname that this uh, got put in his birth certificate by accident. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I'd be interested because it's like, nice, I don't know. It's just, boy, was he playing for Livingston now? So it'd be quite nice to like, sorry for the Livingston striker. That'd be pretty I, cool. He just got a move to QPR. All ah, right. Oh, so he moved from Livingston to QPR. Yeah. Ah, I think it was Livingston's biggest transfer ever, was it? No. Yeah, I think so. Will he get like a few more vouchers of Tony Macaroni's? <laughs> 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 2.1 <laughs> million vouchers, I think. <laughs> All paid in penny pasta. <laughs> that's a that's Tony Macaroni. Yeah. If Tony Macaroni's offered to sponsor this podcast, I'd be on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be cheering I'd be absolutely buzzed. Can we, can we make inquiries, actually? Can we get some inroads? <laughs> yeah, I think we're nearly up to like 16 listeners. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Go and, go and just say to them if you talk, right? Dan shall say anything if you just give him some free scrum. You'll be like give him some that scrums. guy that used to be on X Factor, mind you can get him to do birthday messages for £20 on Facebook. Is that, <laughs> uh, oh, what's his name? What was his name? He had a mad hairdo. A big <laughs> macaroni. The man himself. <laughs> hey, and his Tom hair Tom. made a macaroni. <laughs> that was George Cadetti. Oh, you didn't buy a second. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> George Cadetti had hair like spaghetti. <laughs> See, I mean, you uh, laughed, but you laughed, but you did. Aye, all came full circle. You think we didn't What know. we need to do is we need to convince a Yeti to get hair like spaghetti. Because then the song's already there. He's got like a sensible boy's haircut. And I'm I like, really, yeah. Somebody should just say, you ever thought about a Carles Puyol meets Valderrama sort of job? And then song's already done. Signed, sealed, delivered. Well, we'll get him to start putting the bone in the first. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I've got a really good Photoshop project ahead of me where I'm going to like Photoshop a Yeti into every like shot with a Yeti in it. Like, but like, you know, like the Bigfoot when it's like that bloody camera footage, but just him like heading a ball and then that. <laughs> just behave up. Aye, need to score more goals though. In a steward's jacket. Yeti at Celtic Park. <laughs> uh, that's a shit joke. I might cut that out. I thought that would land a lot better. How about we finish up on the predictions for the Scotland games then? So uh, first up against Israel and then the game after that is Czech Republic. So uh, David, what do you think? Um, David! <laughs> don't, using, give my, don't give my full name, man. I'm going to get doxxed. Just put it on the list and we'll get them when we go up north. We'll get I would say, I bet you, I bet you we're going to lose to Israel, and then, and then and then and then we'll beat um, Czech, like as a sort of like they're the harder team, definitely, right? But Slovakia's in our group as well, but I don't know anything about Slovakia. Like, is that a team to be feared at all? They're not bad. I think the Czech Republic's probably the the best, probably the best team. We'll, in the group we'll, do, on, uh... we'll do the usual Scottish thing where we'll. Go into Israel really like confident, get beat, maybe badly, like three 0 or something like that. Or then we'll beat Czech public, and then something will happen. We'll get knocked out, and we'll just go back. Yeah, we'll go down. Uh, we'll go down to the last game, uh, yeah. and then the last ten minutes or so, we'll get put out, and then we'll get half bottle of vodka, jump a train like train spotting out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we'll have a big rant about being Scottish, go for a walk, and then it's all fine again. We, Another two years before we have to do it again. Dan, what do you think the scores are going to be? I am going to go uber positive. I've bought in. The new Scotland strip looks minted. Two wins. I think Israel is going to look bad and the scoreline will flatter us. I'm thinking like 3 1, maybe. Um, but like the, the part after the game will be like, ah, there's a flat scoreline, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up, right? One. Uh, and then I think well, I think we're going to scrape it. I think we're going to ball bag, smash and grab it one 0 against the Czech Republic. Would certainly take that. Uh, Danny, as we all know, the biggest Scotland fan in the country. <laughs> what do you think? Um, well, I've not seen the new tap, but seen as Dan is so positive about it, I think. <laughs> I think we're going to win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll concede because, I mean, we always concede against the jobby teams. But uh, it'll be a horrible goal as well. But we'll concede, but we'll win 2-1. Uh, Forrest will score and that'll kick him on. And the other goal will come for Dykes. Man, mm-hmm. Dykes will get a goal on his debut. 2-1 Scotland. Nice. Hail, hail, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you got any thoughts? Are you bothered at all? Really, man. I've, I've been scorned so many times, man. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna like, let myself be hoping to be hurt again. <laughs> I can't, I can't be hurt again, man. She's a cruel mistress. She is, like, it's, it's hard enough. I just want to let all 16 of our listeners know that as Sean was saying that he certainly looked like a man who had been scorned by Scotland several times. (laughs) Too much man, it's too much to bear. Every year, every year. (laughs) Why do you like these strips so much though? It's crying. It's kind of like it's kind of like the 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 home shirt is like a kind of mix between like a Rangers shirt and a Celtic top. That's totally what they've tried to do. It's got the hoops and it's got like Union Jack colours. 
Hey, I'm going to have to have a look now. It's, it's terrible. Well, Danny's looking it up, and he'll agree with me. <laughs> and also, the away kit is basically looks like a Man City top. Oh, I, don't I, can like see why, I can see why Dan Shaw likes it. I don't like. I, Tierney, to be honest, I, don't, I don't actually. I'm not fond of the away one, but the whole man's it's got me. It's got no, me don't care for it. Don't care for a one bit. Mm, I'm not keen on that either. Or when you say it anyway, Quinn. I was going to. Tierney, did you give us your predictions? Then? I feel bad. The host is not getting the most uh, representation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll throw my lot in with uh, the optimists and um, I'm going to go for two 2-1 two wins Oof. that's um, worth a fiver by score predictions and all uh, um, and, I, and over the two games I think Dykes will get a goal um, not sure which one but I, I think he will get a goal across both of them fair enough oh, very Positive. Prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been here before, guys. <laughs> That's what the bevy's for. I don't understand the red armband. I don't understand why the red armband's in that top. To appeal to Rangers fans. Yeah. That's exactly why they've done it. They've, done, they've put on hoops. Oh, well, it's on the line rampant. I think you'll find... Uh, I don't care about that. Can I see the there? line rampant from 300 yards away? <laughs> I fucking hate the line rampant, actually. It's a royal standard. Fuck them. <laughs> Animal on the fucking badge, man. We should. Oh, my God. Perfect this way to finish it off. A wee FTQ. <laughs> Just to finish <laughs> off. Hey, man. I've said it before and I'll say it again, but it's a family show, so I'll keep it clean. Don't let it your jokes only. jokes I like, I like the, the, the goalkeeper away shirt. That's like a nice wee salmon pink deal. The goalkeeper tops and my tops I like. We'll get rest, you one then, son. Rest can fuck off. Aye, please. <laughs> so we're going to start a GoFundMe page to buy Quinn a goalie top. <laughs> we'll That's all right. You link. can pay by Klarna, man. <laughs> 20, we'll 20 a, quid for five months. <laughs> we'll have a link on the Twitter. If you could start yeah. some of that. It's got a nice detail in on the, on the uh, collar. I like it. Anyway... Oh, a nice wee section there as we critique the new Scotland squad. and Scotland's kit, actually. That'll be Patreon uh, exclusive content. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. For, um, anyway. Um, Sorry, can I quickly interrupt you here? Go for it. Shane Duffy's just scored for Ireland to make it 1 1 in the 93rd minute. Ah, uh, there we go. How good is that? That's uh, a, a good bit to end the podcast on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Agreed. So um, I think we will end it there. Uh, so thanks for listening to the, the Paradise podcast again, and I hope you'll join us for future episodes. Hail, hail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Catch you there. Oops. <laughs> Catch you there. Bye. <laughs>